The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass presented by Family Education and Support Services. I am your host, Bobby Williams. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. And if you really like the show and you want to help us out, leave us a review. That helps us to get the program out to even more people. We appreciate it. We're dealing with a serious issue today. We're going to be talking about grief. A lot of things can cause grief, a divorce, a family member dies, a a pet passes away. And it's tough to know how to help children navigate it. Sometimes you might be afraid that you're just gonna make things worse. Well, today I'm speaking with Michelle Benio. Michelle is a certified grief recovery specialist, a parenting coach, and the founder of Good Grief Parenting. You can learn more about her work at goodgriefparenting.com. This was a really deep and interesting conversation. With younger kids, I imagine it's different in that they're not going to just say to you, like, I'm just going through a really tough time right now. They don't have those kind of words. So mm-hmm. what does grief look like with uh, mm-hmm. younger kids? Well, I'm really glad you asked that because that is one of the biggest stumbling blocks, if you want to call it that, for adults. And that is that, you know, we don't want children to experience pain and we kind of take our cues from them, or at least we think we are. And really young children are not likely to really show when they're grieving. They're going to be playing. Often they're playing. That's how they work through a lot of the emotion and and. Um, you know, inner experiences that they have. And so adults will say they look like they're doing fine. So they must be. So we need to just really be assured that if a child has had a reason or an experience that could be troubling them, it probably is troubling them. It's probably on their minds. They're experiencing some confusion and maybe some emotions that they don't understand that affect their behavior, like maybe they're more irritable or, or aggressive, or maybe they're just really more quiet, not talkative, maybe even more clingy, you know, behaviors that we thought they'd outgrown. And now they start, you know, acting like they acted when they were a bit younger. So really tune into what's going on with them behavior wise and physically And also just know that most likely if there's, um, you know, a a stressor or a loss or something um, going on in their lives that it's impacting them. Yeah, just assume Mm -hmm. that something's happening. Yes, yes. You touched Mm -hmm. on something that's kind of interesting in that when something traumatic happens, kids can start to act younger, like a Mm five-year-old might start acting like a three-year-old. What Mm -hmm. do you do if a child starts regressing like that? That's another really good question, because, of course, our tendency is at this age, we want to guide them to the behavior that 
you know, we want from them. And we're always helping them gain skills and regulate their emotions and all of those things. That's such a big part of these early years. And so our tendency is to want them to quit doing that and sort of act their age. And the really important thing, and, and this is good guidance for any parent, not just parents whose child is experiencing loss or trauma, that there's a reason why they are resorting back to this. And it's probably that they're feeling insecure in some way, they're feeling confused. And any behaviors a child does that we don't really like, that we don't want them to do, we need to recognize that there's a reason for it. And they need our help with the reason more than they need our help with the behavior. So we can say things like, well, this isn't like you, you're, you're needing to be closer to me than usual. What is there something going on? Why do you why are you whining today? This isn't like you. Um, let's do this and have something that you want to do with them or that you will do with them to sort of reinforce their need for your closeness, your support. And it's not about coddling them. It's about recognizing their emotions and trying to help them identify what's going on with them and just allowing them validating whatever it is they're feeling and allowing them to have your support. I think one of the challenges is that to bring something up can be sort of scary. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I want to talk about this death that happened because I don't want to trigger them and maybe they're fine. Maybe they're not, but I don't want to just throw this in their face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe it's kind of scary for the adults too. Absolutely. And I think that is, that's what we all learned as children be, from parents who also just didn't want to talk to kids about, um, about these hard things because we'd rather sort of avoid it. And that's more or less what many in our society do. And so it's it's going against the, it's kind of counterculture to say, I'm going to just face this head on with my child. But they are experiencing the hard feelings and the confusion and the pain and the grief, whether we help them with it or not. So they really do need us to validate it, to help them with it by being in it with them. And that's just as simple as saying, I am really sad um, or angry or whatever we're feeling about this thing that happened. How do you feel about it? Is there anything you want to talk to me about, about it? Um, sharing with them how you're feeling, inviting them to talk, recognizing it and validating it so it doesn't become this elephant in the room because often I've met so many adults who say they're, they're happy that I'm doing this and wish I'd been there when their you know, family had experienced a loss because their parents just pushed it away and pushed it under the rug and it was never talked about. So conversation is so important, not forcing kids to talk, but just creating an environment where you, you invite them to talk if they want to, and you share, and they know you're in this together. 
Yeah, that can be scary in its own way, too, because Mm -hmm. as a parent, you can feel like I have to be the like the rock for my family. And if my children see me crying or really grieving, that might freak them out or make them feel more insecure. And it really is, that is what we think. That is what so many of us believe. It's, again, I go back to how important it is to validate for the child what they're feeling too. And along with that, the message that, yes, I'm crying, but it's okay. I need to cry right now. I'm, I'm really sad. Giving children the message that it's okay to cry is important because crying is not only okay, it's very healing. Even the, you know, the, the chemical makeup of tears is, is healthy for us and helps us to, um, you know, cope with, with some of these feelings and is healing. So certainly allowing crying, allowing feelings, if you're really off the deep end and you're just really distraught as a parent, um, you know, visibly distraught, then really you do need to take care of yourself first and foremost and get the support you need. But the normal, ordinary human response to loss is a good thing for kids to see, for them to know that, yes, this feels kind this could feel kind of scary right now. You know, if the child tells you that's how they're feeling, but we're going to be okay, we're going to get through this. Um, those, those, there are some of those essential messages they need to hear to be reassured and then just walk right through it with them. It's tough because as a parent, you want to be able to fix something or mm-hmm. make them feel better. And just some things are unfixable and they're not going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a good message too. You just really touch upon um, the way that we often respond to kids feeling bad. We want to fix it. We want to distract them from it with grief and loss, which is different from sadness. Sadness can happen because um, we can't do something we want to do. We may be disappointed. We feel sad. Grief is the loss of something that is dear to us that we will never get back. That's not sadness. That's a more long lasting um, response that we need to cope with. And so um, we try, we may try to distract them, but they're not going to really be distracted. We may try to make them feel better. Oh, let's, let's make a batch of your favorite cookies or something like that. That's not going to change the grief. So it's also important for kids to know sometimes we feel bad and we just need to feel bad and that's okay. We don't always have to be happy. We don't always have to be okay. It's okay to not be okay. And we'll get through that. We'll feel better eventually. It's like, as you're going through life, like as an adult now, I can look back on my life and look at like, okay, that was a tough year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a good time. That was a tough time. And you see all these sort of highs and lows in your life. But then when the next bad time comes, it's like, well, I've already been through yeah, seven tough years already or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for a kid, they can start building that experience when they're young of like, I got through a tough time and it could make them more resilient in a way 
Yes, yes. And that is why I say, Bobby, that um, childhood is the time to help children face these tough things because they build resilience. And those of us who have grown into adulthood, I was one of them, um, with families that didn't really want to deal with the tough things, I grew to an adult and didn't quite know what to do with it. Our children, when we help them in childhood to build those resilience skills by learning that I've already been through some tough things and I'm still okay, that's going to equip them for a future and an adulthood where not only can they be okay, but they can also help their family that they eventually have and people that they come in contact with. They can be that support that so many of us don't have in a society where grief is such a kind of a hands-off taboo topic often. Yeah. Do you Mm -hmm. have an opinion on taking children to funerals? Yeah, I think it's fine to take children to funerals. One thing that we need to do with children when a loved one has died is help them understand without a doubt what has happened to this person. They didn't pass on, they didn't go to sleep, they didn't go away, they died. And using that word is a very specific description of what happened. And at the funeral, if it's open casket, they may see the person and you can say they've died, they can't do the things they used to do. It depends, though, I will say very much on the child. My three and a half year old daughter went to her brother's open casket funeral and saw him and touched him and knew, you know, that he was never going to move again or talk to her again. And it wasn't traumatic for her. Um, It could be for some kids, but generally speaking, the, the idea that children shouldn't attend funerals is a little bit misguided. It depends on the child and there's no reason why they can't attend a funeral as long as the adult is going to help them understand what that funeral is. Even as an adult, the idea of a death just seems like like forever, forever, you know, it's yes. so shocking mm-hmm. when it happens and it's, mm-hmm. ugh. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yes. And there are helpful uh, traditions in families or beliefs in families. And, um, you know, I, sir, I come from a Christian perspective, and my belief is that I'm going to see my son again. And the idea, um, and I, we didn't talk about this when we chatted before the interview, Bobby, but about continuing bonds, which is one of the um, newer And I'm so grateful for it. One of the newer takes on grief and loss, and that is the idea that there are many ways we can carry this loved one forward and continue the bond with them. We don't need to, as you know, people who say you should move on and, you know, isn't it a time to get rid of their things? Isn't it time to, you know, let go? That comes from kind of Freud's philosophy, a a few, um, decades ago. And now we know that carrying the loved one forward and finding ways to stay connected is not only okay, it's really healthy and helpful. 
and as you know, I work primarily with uh, bereaved siblings after the death of a, a sibling and kids who are very young in those formative years of, of forming their identity. And it's really important for those kids, like my daughter, who at the age of three and a half said, mommy, half of me is gone when her brother died. It's really important. It's been important for us to keep him as a presence in our family, in her life, as part of her identity, part of my identity, and, and to have that continuing bond. And that's really good for children as well. Yeah. I just had a really good friend pass a few months ago, and we're doing a lot to try to carry on his legacy because he's mm -hmm. a very charitable-minded community oriented person and you know that's how we're going to try to stay connected yes yes and and every time you do something in his memory or something that you know he would have been a part of if he'd been there it just it really warms your heart it, it does good things for you it doesn't make you sad I mean you might feel of course the sadness too but but yeah that's such a good example of how we can bring um really good feelings out of a difficult situation. Yeah. A another thing with grief too, is it can just linger a long time. We're talking about what you were just saying of like, oh, you should be over this at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes it's like, dang, that happened like two years ago. And I still feel pretty upset about it. Yes. And that is one of those misconceptions and things that we as uh, well-intended friends and family members might give to a, a grieving person. There is no statute of limitations on grief. Grief lasts as long as it needs to. And you can do a lot of healing and still have a lot of pain and it can last for a long time. And there, yeah, I mean, two years is nothing. Going back to the children, other than validating them and kind of walking through this with them, are there other ways that you can help them to process grief? The number one thing, the first and foremost thing you need to do is take care of yourself, your own care of your grief. You can't help your child if you're not able to um, cope with your own grief, if you're just feeling overwhelmed about it, you've sort of mentioned, touched upon that a few times, Bobby, and I, that's so important is um, find ways to make sure you're taking care of and nurturing and caring for your own grief, because you need to be uh, able to grieve well and um, go through your grief in a way where, yes, when you tell your child, we're going to get through this, they can know that that's true. And so you need to do what you need to do. And sometimes that may be taking help from other people, which can be really hard. If you can't take care of your child in the moment and you feel like they need you, that's okay. Find someone who can give them care while you take care of yourself because they need you to be well and well cared for. Michelle, this was a good conversation, an important conversation. So mm -hmm. thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Bobby. And I just really want to invite people who are listening to get a hold of my good grief guide. I imagine um, this will be this information will be available to you. But if you visit my website, 
goodgriefparenting.com. Right at the top of my homepage, you can get my Good Grief Guide, and it really uh, outlines some of the things we've talked about today, including how to have conversations with young children or how to just talk to them, not even, you know, have these long conversations. And I would just encourage anyone who cares about children to get this guide and be prepared for when you might need it. Thank you, Michelle. It can be just tough talking about that stuff sometimes. Be sure to go to goodgriefparenting.com to learn more. On behalf of Family Education and Support Services and myself, Bobby Williams, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace.